I, I don't know. Yeah. Whoops. All right. And we're starting now. All right. Um, so thanks for having me on, man. Oh, uh, yeah. No problem, man. Do you have a premise to your podcast? Nope. We just talk shit for an hour. It's, uh, it's, it's kind of crippling not having any structure at all, but it's also kind of fun because you just talk about whatever. Okay. Um, so from what you've told me from our conversations, you have a Korean wife. Mm-hmm. Um, you're like a computer programmer, right? Is that mm-hmm. like your tech guy? No, I'm way off. Okay. Finance dude. Finance not a good guy? one. Not a good finance guy either. Just I a exist. Rake. You exist. <laughs> okay. Um, I, I'm just trying to think what my work is. I work in nonprofits. Oh, okay. I'm attempting to work in nonprofits. I used to be so, an auditor and I used to audit nonprofits. So uh really familiar with that. Yeah. How do you how do you audit a nonprofit? Well, when you like when the government gives them money, you're just like, hey, are you doing what you said you're gonna do with the money? And sometimes they're like, nah. And then other times they're like, Yeah, yeah, we're doing that. And they're like, Well, just show us the paperwork, then it's all good. Okay. That's that's pretty good, man. I was just thinking like there's a lot of money going into it. You know what I mean? There is a lot. If I like were, in uh, terms, like, like, like if you, if the government's giving you like, like a bunch of money, I always expect like, Oh, they're going to like track me on this. Like, uh, sometimes, you know what I mean? but even so, like then we, like you might be a little bit disappointed with the level of action that is actually um, taken against certain nonprofits that misuse funds. Like you'd be surprised. Because typically, this is the problem with government, and this is the only real problem. It's when you consistently give a group or a company or um, a country a bunch of money, um, there's an expectation that you'll just continue to do that. And in that process, you've created a constituency now based off of those funds. And it's very hard to just pull that away. And in some instances, we have nonprofits that for 50 60 years um receive the same amount of money and it's almost like no questions asked it's basically rubber stamped so that's the only problem with government it's a huge problem but it's the only problem it's just like there's a lot of like uh places that owe or countries that owe china money like they've just like built ports there and like oh you know you owe us x amount of money like they just like built like a whole other country's infrastructure and they're like we you owe us blank dollars and it'll be 48 trillion dollars like what what that's not even our gdp our gdp is like three coconuts how are we paying this is this is a bad investment dude like like that's the thing like china owes it all the like i guess it's you know great to have the financial upper hand but like i guess that's why like cryptocurrency and what like all that stuff like if a white guy with a computer says it's important, it's important. <laughs> it sounds so stupid to say, but like no, I mean that makes sense though. That's the way it's been for like fuck it, hundreds this is the of new years. Money now. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's kind of cool though having like a currency where it's decentralized to some extent and it can facilitate transactions. Like if you wanted to help someone directly in Africa, if they can accept Bitcoin, I mean you could just give them Bitcoin, right? Yeah, I think that's like it's legal. a global. It's a globalized currency and this is something i have like really like have yet to comprehend i have money invested in it i actually need to check on it but uh it's not a lot you, you compulsively know? check it every day like i do my no, Instagram. i wish I, 
No, it's not. I need I need to pick some up. It dropped, and honestly, I haven't invested yet. But I invest in other stuff, and that really is something I need to get into, just for diversification purposes. But okay, I don't know. Maybe maybe I'll do you, that. You should. You should, dude. You're fine. I can't believe you're your finance guy, and you haven't done that yet. Well, I mean, it's just like with most shit you buy, you know how to value it. Like if I buy a watch, I'm like, okay, this watch is worth thirty eight dollars to me, or whatever. With Bitcoin, I'm like, well, I guess it's just whatever it is right now. And there's no way for me to, like, it has value, but I don't know how to quantify it. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, if I buy one share of Apple, I'm like, well, it makes, they make this much this year. This is how much the dividends are. This is what it's going to grow. Okay. So it should be maybe $500 a share or whatever. That makes sense to me. But like Bitcoin, I just can't figure that out. It's a made up number. And you, you think you don't trust because you know it could fall at any minute. Well, yeah, basically. I mean, I'm not against it. I'm pretty pro just do whatever. That is something I am like. I'm very pro just do whatever. Like if the government wants to help poor people, go for it. We want to just make up currencies that you can just electronically connect to all the world. Like let's fucking do it. If we want to go to Mars, let's do it. I'm down. It's about it's doing just, cool shit, you know. I'm just very curious what the meta, what the the meta, the metal verse, the meta, the metaverse is gonna be. Because it's I just see the matrix, like, bro. They're gonna be plugging <laughs> shit into us and like using our BTUs just, to like just, have robots jerk each other off in the future. Uh, it's just gonna be a constant uh, face in virtual reality. That sounds terrifying. Well, it just sounds yeah. like okay i get like if i don't know like i'm just kind of like not in. it's like if we find out there are aliens like i'm like cool but like until we actually i don't know until it does something where i'm like oh okay i'm just kind of like i don't care (laughs) if that makes any sense so yeah you're very it's virtual yeah, I'm reality, not, I'm not, but it's I'm not, not confrontational. Groundbreaking. I'm not like, oh, this is gonna ruin the world. Like, I don't want to be like very doomsday-ish. Like, yeah. I'm I'm very worried that I'm that that I could be that kind of person. And I think I am to some people. Like, it doesn't matter. Like, I don't want to be like the guy that's like, it doesn't matter how much vaccines you get, they're always gonna give you more, and you're always gonna be treated bad by society. And- I want to meet that guy that got like eight in one day, dude. <sighs> You hear about that guy? They're like paying him because people just didn't want to take the vaccine. So they're just paying a guy to take it for them. Be, be a human lab rat pretty much. Well, I mean, how is all, he? Aren't we all? I don't. That's yeah. what I want to know, because they always like bitch about people that are like careless or like don't want to get the vaccine. And they're like, and now they have COVID. I'm like, well, are they dead or did they recover? Like, can't just stop yeah. at like, oh, they got sick. I mean, thanks. I want to hear all- the that's why i want to hear that because it's like the story ends at him getting all the shots but you don't find yeah. out what happens to him I'm like if, well, what the uh, fuck if i get the shots i never get COVID again then like that's great perfect all all here for that man but like it's just gonna turn into a giant sars cov2 molecule that's <laughs> <laughs> watering the streets infecting people <laughs> i'm a super spreader that's so sad dude Cause like yeah, you couldn't feel it, but I could be spreading it to a bunch of people, and that's the thing. When I feel like I go out to shows, I'm like, I'm I just super spreading right now, dude. I just feel a little bit creepy. Like I feel like a creeper because whenever I hear the word super spreader, I get a little turned on, just a little bit. That's not good. 
just a tiny amount because it's it sounds very sexual and then you're like oh it's just getting people sick and they die well that's terrible i don't speaking want that of get, speaking of getting people sick and dying man um i watched the movie philadelphia the other day whoa okay great movie it's about a guy uh it's about you it's about tom hanks who has aids he's a lawyer right. did you laugh when he said i have aids like um peter <laughs> no. griffin no have you seen that episode of family guy you know what i'm talking about I I do. Uh, okay. Wait, wait a minute. I, I think I might. I haven't because like I remember Family Guy like bits and pieces. Of- so there's a episode where he's like, yeah, this is cool. It's got Tom Hanks in it. Everything uh, he does is hilarious. And he's like, I have AIDS. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> You're just like, what the fuck, Peter? Oh shit! What was it? I um, I'm just trying to think what I was. Uh, yeah, no one really gave a fuck because I was thinking about this. No one really gave a fuck about AIDS until like Magic Johnson had it. Like a bunch of actors had, the you know, Freddie Mercury, Easy E had it. But as soon as like a, a athlete, a professional sports, uh, sports star got it, like then we started caring. Like, oh shit, straight people can get it too. We got to fucking. Chappelle do it. has a bit about it. You, have you heard? Yeah, have you heard? I had no idea. It? I had no idea. He had a bit about it. Oh yeah, dude. I'm not going to say it on this because yeah. he uses a lot of words that will get me in trouble. Okay. <laughs> but uh, yeah, it's uh, it's pretty dope. The joke like, it's pretty well thought out and pretty good. I'm just like, kidding. He just like wings it and it's funny. Because like, you know, because COVID is like, you know, persecuting like Asian people, they say. But like AIDS is persecuting gay people. And I like gay people aren't th- like this is going to be like really good for Asians in the next like, I don't know, five to ten years. That's what I predict. Can I just say this? I was really what? upset when I heard Freddie Mercury died from AIDS. Really? And then I was also very upset that like I heard Charlie Sheen has AIDS and it didn't kill him instead. Really? <laughs> Charlie Sheen, I don't think Charlie Sheen can die. If that makes sense. Like if Charlie Sheen died, like because it's there's there's like negative forces in the world that like continue surviving. Like when people say, oh, only the good die young, I do agree with that. Only the good dude die young. Yeah, that so, may be true. I mean, he's just yeah. like, he's a pretty good embodiment of what Hollywood can do to a person. He is. He is. Especially man. if it's like multi-generational acting careers, which I don't know. I've always kind of thought acting is cool. I've read the autobiography or not auto, but the biography of James Dean. And I thought that was really interesting. But like, I've always kind of seen it as like this really unhealthy career, mm. like psychologically, much like being a social media personality is now just trying to figure this out here just trying to um like because there's guys like Corey feldman there's got like like child actors are yeah. what um uh concern me like there were theater kids that i like grew up around one of them is like now doing like drag shows in new york doing way better you know what I mean? There's some yeah. outliers that are like, oh, they're kind of making it. They live in like Bushwick or whatever. Uh, but they're like, okay, in that level of, of aspect to where they're not destroying their life, it seems. I don't know. I don't see their life every day. But sure. they're not They're not like Lindsay Lohanning themselves. They're not going to a club with their pussy out or, or things like that. Where was, Didn't she do that? Was that, was that her? I think she was on. I think she was doing that. That was a thing, though, because you could use it to like monetize your career or advance it. So Damn, it's a good no move idea. if you if you got it. I mean, why not? If you want a commando, you know. I mean, but, uh, I'd like to go commando and people give a shit about it, but 
you know, I don't, I don't know. I'm not blessed with those talents. <laughs> but like, you, you know what I mean? Like, the, there's a lot of like child actors. People that are, like, can like handle it. Head. And then there's kids that don't necessarily are able to. You know, uh, Tim man. Dillon was a child actor. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's that's the thing, man. He he did like Sesame Street, and he's like, I don't know if you consider him fairly normal, but no, like he, I don't he had, consider him normal at all. But he's hilarious. He he, he has this like uh, I don't know this guy. I've met him once, and this was out of a out of outside of Dead Crow. He signed. I have a Tim Dillon signed book. Are actually. you serious? You got yeah, a man. signed thing from you, dude. Yeah, yeah, you are yeah, fucking yeah. awesome, dude. I have a I have a little joke book here. Um, I know a guy that featured for him. He's a good buddy of mine out Wilmington. Shout out Jack Nelson, who was on my podcast. Word. Um, Hail Jack Nelson, it? Tim Dillon. Oh, here you go. Right there. That's awesome, dude. Yeah, man. Nice. Yeah, you were in the Wilmington scene for a wait, while. Wait, wait, right? wait. No, wait. This is it. This is it. Shit. What am I kidding? Right here. <laughs> what was that? I don't know who signed that, but this is, yeah, it says Tim, and then you see the D right there. So that makes sense, dude. Yeah, Does man. it not make you laugh super hard just thinking of him blowing a dude? Um, yeah, but like at the same time, he uh he's like a, a rugged dude from like Long Island, and yeah. that will like dish- that that will like restructure your psyche. You know what I mean? Yeah, because he just breaks the mold of what you, what you think of when you think of like a gay person. Of, 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 yeah, because you 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 perceive them as feminine. You perceive them as, and uh, in, not inferior, but like submissive. So when I would see like I don't know one of the other guys that was more outspoken, and this is before Tim Dillon was Milo, and I was like, okay, okay so there's this like gay guy that's like dresses like Bruno, uh, from from that Sasha Baron Cohen movie. And he's just saying that, like, I don't know, Muslims shouldn't be in the UK. Like, that's that's his whole thing. Like, it was, there was like, like there was a, a bunch of... rough move. I mean, they don't have a yeah. lot of good food, the British people. Why are you trying to, like, shut yeah. that good food pipeline down? Like, halal is <laughs> fucking amazing. But, like, no, there was some weird, like, like things that I would like. There was, like, I, I you know, I'm very much, like. I would I wouldn't consider myself super leftist, but at the same time, this guy was white. Like, like you know how there's like monoliths or like there's like mouthpieces in like sure, the yeah, he's definitely a mouthpiece. Like, uh, like what I mean by that is like you know Ben Shapiro is like for like Republicans, like he's there. Like I don't know. Yeah, uh, Nick Mullen like does choking. a good impression of him. They are, he's great. I love it. I love I love his impression of him. But he's Judeo Christian like, values. Judeo Christian values at the, at the Kia Summer Sales event. Yeah, <laughs> Mr. Feeney. Yeah, Mr. Matthews. <laughs> Mr. Mr. Shapiro. But uh, what what is it, dude? Uh, it, it seems like all these other parties have these just like is like we're gonna just pay you to say like i don't know mexicans or george floyd was a criminal and then and that's what gets monetized because it just it controls people it stops them in their crack in their tracks and i think it's people get like mad and they don't realize they're kind of just being pwned by the internet yeah it's especially in america and first world since we don't have like you know a war-torn civilization uh we feed off of outrage culture we do I feel like uh, the healthiest way to go about some of these issues is just like, here's my position. Yeah. If you come at me super hard, I'm just going to tell you like, whoa, dude, just chill. 
Yeah. It, I never really understood Milo. Like I didn't like I've watched yeah. a little bit of him talk and I'm like, this is just kind of annoying. Like I think I think Tim's kind of filled that role. And I feel sad for him. I really do. I feel like Tim's kind of filled that role of like, all right, we need a gay guy to have Candace Owens on and and say Dude, to Tim I don't is know, it's fucking hilarious. He's so funny. He's so funny, but I think that's because he's been through a lot. I think that's because he, you know, got, got cleaned up. Um, yeah, and, but I feel know, like if he was, was still strung out, he would still be fucking hilarious. But good for him for not being. Yeah, like he's he's sober, thirty five. I don't think he's. When I see guys like that, I'm thinking to myself, are they gonna just like settle down, fall in love with someone? Is is because there's something about being tenacious being like calling somebody out like he was like fuck nurses fuck disney plus you hear all these things that he yeah. says he had that bit about um it's like there are just some jobs that women can't hold and then he just lists all the jobs <laughs> <laughs> i was like this is the fucking best troll ever dude but like there's just like a thought to myself like does this person want to be loved is that lame no no i mean that's what we do i mean comedy, there, right? i want that yeah. attention i like not just the attention. Like if I had people's attention, but I didn't have their laughter, I would be disappointed in myself. And it doesn't even matter the circumstances. So I think it's more than that. But yeah, that is kind of, he does kind of seem like one of those people that's like, he wants to be loved a little bit. I'll say this, dude. I want to see Tim Dillon get married. And I want to hear those fucking wedding vows, dude. That shit would be dope. Dude, yeah, I'd, I would love, if I were at a, that would be like the number one gay wedding to go to. I can't yeah. think of any other. I mean, I have uh, I have a, um, a good friend of mine. I don't know when they're playing because, like, you know, my girl, we're all like in couples, man. So there's yeah. this like you know a domino effect of like, oh, they're getting married. When are you getting married? Is you know, it, it, it's just it seems like this ever lowering cycle, and it's something I don't know if you should be fearing of it or you should just be acknowledging of it. And right now, I'm just acknowledging it. If that makes sense. Right. Yeah. I I will say this, and maybe this is controversial. I don't, if you're dating someone that's like a U.S. citizen or like a citizen of the place that you live and they can't get deported, I feel like there's almost no reason as a guy to ever be like, yeah, let's get married. <laughs> like, it just sucks, dude. Like, the whole process sucks. Like, it's literally all, like, it's a good excuse to, like, have your, like, significant other, like, show the worst part of herself or himself and like become kind of a sociopath for like a couple weeks and like just rage quit multiple times and just, it's just not healthy i don't think like the way they do it in korea dude they like parents are just like all right here you go we're doing it conveyor belt ding 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 married done boom shit is nice dude how how what, what explain a korean wedding to me man okay so the main part is the pictures which to be honest probably the most important part of the wedding is getting those okay. pictures because yeah. not everyone's going to get to go. Yes, yeah, so they got to have pictures. People are going to be like, well, you're married. You have pictures. And so those are dope. You're good to go. So that part takes a while. You do it a day. You have several outfits. You rent a studio out. It's pretty cheap. Korea is good on prices of just about everything, that included. Then you kind of just do this really like slick packaged wedding where like you do that a day before. You get that done. You rent your tux, you rent your wedding dress. There's no buying a wedding dress, which is insane if you think about it. And then you go to the place. I think a lot of the wedding venues are just at malls. 
and not at churches they don't do them as churches as much they do they exist and there are weddings like that but they're not as common and really so a lot of it's there. a lot of malls yeah yeah because it's all just packaged yeah. together the food venues right next door it's a nice wedding hall and stuff and you meet people there they have like a lobby um it's interesting because chinese and korean weddings what they'll do is uh weddings are kind of like crowdfunded and you pay your family pays for it on their end and then when you come to someone's wedding, you bring some money and you pull that money together and that just pays for the wedding. And then when you go to their wedding, you bring money. It's actually kind of cool. I like that because, you know, how many things do we need to have where we have crippling debt from them? I mean, you know, I was thinking like, I don't understand the whole like inviting people aspect of the whole like the dj the band like the ceremonies and stuff even for like bar mitzvahs dude like even for like any any like event like why do we have to have a whole like all right party at the hyatt in like who the fuck wants to go to that uh, uh, any rational person doesn't want to dance for three hours or two hours i mean if I you're on that molly maybe yeah or there's like a lot of alcohol running through your system you know but very true as, as someone that's so that's what i've noticed i was like this sucks this is maybe maybe for an hour tops i just like vibe there Dan. but I like that's you. you know that like it just seems like we just sat in like a union hall and like after that you know, I gotta like dance for like I don't know for a band or whatever. Like, like that's it's just that the whole the whole tradition of that an American wedding seem a little. So for like black. bar mitzvahs, do they what what are the like? I understand like Jewish wedding. I've kind of seen some of the things that happen yeah. in those weddings. You step on the glass, you do the chair yeah. thing, which is the coolest thing ever. Is the chair yeah. thing, dude? That is yeah. freaking awesome. Yeah. What do they do at bar mitzvahs? Uh, the bar mitzvahs, man, are. Um, so when you're like, you know, you read your tour portion, you read that and you have like, you pick like a Jewish role model or whatever. And you like write about that and you explain that for like, I don't know, three to four minutes. Mm-hmm. And then you, um, after that, the rabbi like blesses you um, and like puts, what is it? It's the talit, which is the protection of God. And then uh, you get to control the media. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> that was pretty definite. That was pretty delivery. I was like, you can no, train no, media no, company, no, 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 yeah, yeah. executive. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, no, no. But it all George Soros or whatever. Blesses you, he kisses you. He actually puts the mezuzah on your door at your office. No, but in all seriousness, uh, despite all the anti-Semitism, uh, you what we usually do is like throw candy. Like, okay. like that is, that is a thing where it's like, Hey, you, you know, even though you're an adult now you, you get all this candy and, and shit like that. Like it's like a congratulate congratulatory thing. And then afterwards you just like walk out and have a little, like, like a nosh, as you say, okay. like, you know, like with that, you, you, you take pictures and things like that. Uh, if it's not Shabbat, if it's, if it is Shabbat, you can't do any of that shit. I don't think there's ever been, uh, you wouldn't do it on a spot, right? Yeah, you. I mean, you could. I think. I don't think there's against. Let me. One of us has to look that that up. I will. Can okay. you get bar mitzvah? Because Shabbat, it is technically the day of rest. Yeah, bar mitzvah on Shabbat, but like, there's no money being exchanged, and you don't need electricity. Okay. 
Yeah, because it's like a power down day. I actually like that about uh, Jewish society, how they kind the of like unplug. Yeah, that's smart, that's, dude. It is. It's really good for someone's mental health. Actually, that's what that's one of the things I did appreciate in Israel. When you spend time uh, with like family and friends, right? You go yeah. to the synagogue on that. Day. You have that's to. Yeah. Pretty good. Yeah. Um, besides, like all the genocide going on, it's a pretty cool country. Uh, yeah, I can't speak to i don't know enough about like i uh, grew up in rural south and i've met maybe five jewish people in my entire life that's why i'm asking so many questions i'm taking yeah, that I'm like yeah, i don't understand yeah. okay so i looked up real quick for us uh the first shabbat after the birthday on which the child receives is eligible yeah so if the kid turns 13 on friday like yeah like if the kid turns 13 on a friday okay then he could do it but i actually got mine when i was 18 because my, my dad wanted me to like assimilate into culture and shit and okay. i didn't have any jewish family at all like it was not really acknowledged um in my household okay and um yeah my mom was a super conservative religious one she wanted me to be with a jewish woman and this that and the other okay um uh, but that's how it always is there's that old stereotype of like a jewish mother or like an italian mother where like you know, I fucking, I, you know, she was very much a homemaker, but she was like, you fucking better list. Like, I, I got you. I will say this I was mentally more afraid of my mother than my father. And the reason was my mother would pull shit like, if you, what is it? If you don't stop yelling at my son, if you, if you don't fucking just go to bed, I will divorce you like shit like that like like in like an argument like like she was like i will divorce you and i will leave everything and i was like okay but my my dad was a working man Uh, he worked at an adult video store so we weren't like secular you know what i mean or wait no we were we were secular is what i mean yeah there's because there's like a religious and there's a cultural and ethnic aspect to being a jew yeah 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 yeah. there's a cultural ethnic aspect of it and that is uh, and I think that's why we weren't really, I wasn't really connected with a lot of Jewish families, man. I'm going to be honest. And that was yeah. because of what my father did and my, my, both my parents didn't finish college. Okay. I'm the first out of my family to finish college. Congratulations. And, um, thanks, man. I, I didn't think it was that much of, I thought it was, Oh, everyone goes to college and this, that I didn't think of it. I didn't think of it as an elitist thing. Uh, because I think I grew up around the white suburbs where it was expected to. I think I grew yeah. up in a very, not gated community, but like, I'll just say this, man. My neighborhood um, was called, um, you know, I'm just leaving out the person. Uh, I don't care. It's named Hard Scrapple Plantation. Okay, that's the, the plantation. Name I do feel plantation. like that's weird how they'll name neighborhoods that it's like yeah, you not yeah. understand the racial yeah, connotations. Yeah, 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 yeah. There was, I think there was like one or two black families that lived there. Um, they're just like, what? It's fine. Yeah, it's fine. <laughs> no, like, no, 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 no. <laughs> it, it, it's, it's, it feels. Here's the thing, man. I, when I grew up, mostly like from my memory of the place. A lot of, you know, there's tennis court, a lot of upper, like all the kids I grew up with now were in sororities, fraternities, very waspy communities. I was the only Jewish family in my neighborhood. Mm -hmm. Uh, My dad wanted to coach rec leagues and wanted to be involved in basketball in my school, but he couldn't due to his employment. Yeah. So, um, you know, the, to grow up in like a suburb or a gate, like, like the, the mentality is we've made it, but we need to make it even more. 
Yeah, I think there's something to that. I've never, I've always kind of had the opposite mindset where I'm just like, my goal is to just reduce my risk of being homeless as much as possible. That it's, is a good. Like, I'm never going to buy the nicest car. I'm never going to try to be in the best neighborhood. I'm going to be in like the, this is minimally acceptable neighborhood. You know what I mean? I wish more people thought like you, man. But like, that is a very, you know, we live in an ego-driven society where we pretend we care about everyone. I mean, I care about people. I just, I don't care about my appearance as much. I know, you know what I mean? It's like, somebody. that's a good way to kind of filter too. Because if somebody cares about that a lot, they may not be a good fit to hang out with, you know? Like, I'm not going to show up to a set in like pajamas. Yeah. Um, but I'm not going to show up wearing a suit. I'm not going to do that ever. I've seen, I've seen a lot of elderly gentlemen that do, and they're okay at it. You know what I mean? Like they're okay at doing jokes, but like that, that scares me sometimes. Cause like, I ain't getting any younger and I've always considered myself, like I still dress like, I'm, uh, 19, 18 and I need to start dressing like a 23, 24. I got you. Um, yeah, I had so- a buddy that into his twenties was wearing like Hollister and shit you get from like the mall. And I'm like, bro, you need to just break out of this like middle school wardrobe what did he do for work uh he works on like hr now that's Uh, so weird you can't just dress you can't just work at hr and dress like an eighth grader i'm just gonna say this like if you wear a polo and you button the top button you're a weird person period you're a weird person to you do you uh i don't know dude because like I, uh, you know, I play uh, like adult rec, men's rec basketball, and there's some dudes that do that on their like IG pics that they're like, you know, they're 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 from a certain demographic. I'll just say. Okay, well, maybe we'll. Like, <laughs> I, I just meant like I meant just like white people that aren't British. That's white people, white. I, I don't I don't see a lot of white dudes that are doing that. But I, I wait. I have actually no. I have. There was a kid in my neighborhood that did that. It try. It's like you're trying too hard. You know. Yeah, I mean? it's it's a very try hard energy look. It's very much like you would wear that with like a khaki jacket and sure. you look like a, you're you're like a youth pastor that's like on steroids at that point dude is this a good joke i'm just gonna go no. rogue here the joke is uh so i was watching a commercial for the nba and they're like to celebrate martin luther king day we're gonna have nba games all day long and i'm like so let me get this straight we're celebrating <laughs> one of the most famous and prescient <laughs> african-american leaders of the community who's promulgating the movement to give african-americans more rights more freedom more ability and by celebrating that we're going to make black people work on that day yeah exactly dude you get it (laughs) i uh try to make a joke out of that but yeah there is there's something out of there it's uh dude you know what my one of my favorite things is to do and this is what i'll do next year but like i didn't do it this year for christmas my favorite thing to do is watch NBA games and eat Chinese food. Like that's like my thing. That's like a that good a, combo. It is. Uh, I had a really like uh, a Christian like Christmas this year. Uh, it was like my first real one. Like I was supposed to be there for Dirty Santa, you know, the, the gifts exchanging and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, I love that whole like interaction thing of like Christmas morning and stuff, but there's something about like greasy Chinese food in like watching like not not having a christmas tree of just acting like it's any other day that's so mm-hmm. blissfully free uh i was talking about this with a with a gentleman today out at the uh like what was it at the gym and mm-hmm. he was saying 
you know, the one thing about marriage that I remember now is that I, when I was single, I didn't give a shit about holidays. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, you well, know, you know, no, I've yeah. Kind no, of, I've kind of gotten dude, into holidays, to be honest. Now that you're now that you're married and shit. But also, like, the more holidays you have, the more days that you can refuse to go to work. Mm. So if you're more tolerant, you get more days off. Is that how you look at it? That's what you're doing. Yeah, I'm you're like, busy. I'm pushing. We get Diwali being... as a holiday in Morrisville. Let's fucking do it. It's an important Indian holiday, and I don't want to work in November. <laughs> First week I'm in just, November. I'm, you know, I think I'm, I'm trying to be. I've been asleep. I haven't been woke ever. I think, and I'm trying to. Yeah. You know, um, and this isn't saying like I'm like some sort of lame as like bigot or something, but like to be tolerant for a holiday, I could do that. Like, I feel like anyone can do that, but like, I, I yeah. still need to learn. I, I still need to learn what Kwanzaa is. I know one candle means unity. That's all I know. It's for five days. Have you ever met someone that celebrates Kwanzaa? Like, I no. haven't met anyone. Like, is that, no. did, did, is that like, did white people make that up to make black people feel included? Is that what happened? My, my theory is that it's Juneteenth five times. Okay. <laughs> Juneteenth is pretty solid holiday. I like that. Yeah, one. that makes sense. You know that. You know. Sorry, I just that. went peak autism right there on your joke. <laughs> that happens sometimes. Juneteenth five times. I didn't even. Shit. Um, what was it? Um, I think that, like most, I forget. Like it, Black History Month makes sense. I don't want like other races to start asking for months. But I think aren't there like marches in that Women's History Month, right? Isn't June like corporate? We care about gay people month, isn't really? that, that is really? Oh, yeah, June is Pride Month. Yeah, yeah, they're just like, June. well, let's put up the poster, guys, just dust it off <laughs> right here. What are, you... are there any gay executives of your company? No, no, there aren't. No, so, no there aren't. All right, let's put any, the poster any, up real quick. Any trans people work here? No, we actually fired one for uh, getting a sex change. <laughs> I think we actually wouldn't pay for the operation. We thought it was a little excessive to <laughs> Jesus Christ. I mean, our Coke addled CEO, he's uh he's getting a triple bypass next week, but no transitioning surgeries are covered <laughs> under our medical insurance. That would happen though, right? Like yeah, the military kind of on that boat, they're like, hey, hey, yeah. we're not paying for like we we kill people. We're not nah we're not doing that for a while that's what they were doing man that's kind of weird i was like you you're know, not gonna give people testosterone you're the fucking military start giving yeah. out tests that should be like free yeah. it should be like condoms at the like std yeah. test clinic yeah like you want some tests bro all right let's do it test. that is yeah i feel like if you like like in the corporate world and you're telling people like, oh, we're going to cover your dental medical, dude. You just take it. But like, you got to you got to read between the lines. A lot of if you people say don't. certain words. We will take that away from you forever. And you'll have to pay for it yourself. And by that, yeah. I mean, you will get price gouged for the hospital. Mm -hmm. Do I fucking hate those people that like they're like, you have a right to say whatever you want, but you also have a right to get fired. I'm like, so you don't you don't have a right to say shit. That's what you're saying. Rich people do, but poor people do not. That's what you're fucking saying. Yeah, man. 
because it's we're, we're financially dependent we were dependent yeah on it. yeah we exactly want, they want they want us to rent they want us to not own property uh yeah and you know i this is something that i was thinking about the other day and this is something that like as a you know because i'm enlightening you on judaism right now man okay. i feel like this is my podcast we're going now. into harrison's conspiracy corner right not now. not even conspiracy we're entering corner. the door's open now we're going but you, you know you know you know that conspiracy of uh, of landlords of like jewish landlords and i feel like that's a, a stereotype that's a terrible yeah that's a terrible portrayal uh, of jewish people um but like you know, if there's a Jewish superhero, like, like, I hope that's not a superpower is like to charge you rent. You know what I mean? Right. Like that, like that, that is something that like, oh, Jews own all the property. Like, I, I don't think we own every single property. You know I mean? My parents rent, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, it's something that like, as a society, we seem as like the upper echelon. Like, finally, they own a house. If you finally, think about it, the last decade has been pretty rough for Jewish people. Like, in terms of reputation oh now just the synagogue thing that happened yesterday dude well not and just like, that like people have always for some i don't understand why everyone hates them that but i meant like you got people like weinstein and epstein a lot of scenes yeah, 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 being yeah, yeah. thrown around you're like well that's just one person yeah it's very much like the the skate the blood libel perspective and that's why i dude i don't know if, if you you've got to watch this uh uh, it's, called? Jay, it's called uh it's the QAnon shaman uh documentary do you watch the interview that uh the channel Andrew five Callahan, yeah, dude, yeah that shit was literally like for a second you're like okay i think he's just a little off and then he just goes down the rabbit hole you're like dude what is going on right now <laughs> it's i've not you know I, i've been on like conspiracy podcasts i've you know i've been interested in that stuff but like there's a point to where it be- can become blood libel there's a point of where it can become like an echo chamber where you can't seem to get out of because like sure, you can yeah. lose dude you can lose family and friends my mom is like a diehard zionist and my like my family at least on my dad's side so she's a pelicans fan is that what's going no on? she zionist like she's a die she's so pro-israel that's all she posts. I just tried a shitty joke there. Uh, do you watch well, uh, the NBA at all? The Pelicans? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. They're terrible. He's like, yeah, Zion. <laughs> uh, Zion. <laughs> Dunk the basketball, Zion. Yeah. Isn't, is he a shitty like, joke. isn't he like 300 pounds now? Dude, he's, he's, like, he's a thick boy, dude. He's, he's super thick. He got like he got like three. He's like up to 330 pounds He's like now. Shaq, dude. But he's six seven. That's the thing. You can't be that fat and like expect to. I mean, his joints are going to give out a lot sooner. But good luck trying to like block him from getting to the basket. Like, have fun with that. Exactly. There's gonna be a lot of like Kevin Durant types that get snapped in half on his way to the basket. But there's there the thing is about like contracts and weight. If it, I think if he doesn't get healthy, it's in endangerment of this entire franchise. Because your first overall pay, like this is like almost a Kwame Brown situation. Okay, like the Lakers. Yeah, where you're like, but it's oh, the man. Lakers. The Lakers are like the New York Yankees of NBA teams. Like you're just an absolute piece of shit if you go there and you're not from LA. Like but we you know can, what you're doing. You're just selling out immediately. Yeah, you you can fail there. You're allowed to fail in LA, and that is kind of terrifying. You know what I mean? Like it's it's. In New York, you're really not allowed to fail. And like, and like in the That's Northeast, true. it's very discipline focused. In LA, it's very a laid back culture. Unless you're the Knicks and you bring in Mellow, 
And you try oh. to bring in someone. What is up with that organization, dude? Do they just not care at all? Like, did, is it like I Cleveland, think, I think, where they just want the money? No. Do you know what I think it is? I think that they're they're waiting on like like something to drop money on. I think that's what it is. They're like, all right, we're gonna give Damian Lillard like I don't know a hundred that like you know what I mean? Like they want to give someone. I want to see. I want to see Lillard go Jules. somewhere and not stay in Portland. He deserves better. Like they're gonna just get somebody like some big star, but they need like. I don't know who it's got to be. I think, to be honest, it might be KD. They're going to just like try to get him out of Brooklyn because KD's going to be like tired of it and he's still in his physique. We've seen it in night and night out. Um, I wouldn't say it's like, you know, Mark Cuban has a good lock on like guys like Luca, Devin Booker. Sure. I don't, I don't see a lot of uh, organizations really like giving into New York. I know it's still New York, but at the same time, they have a sh- the worst fucking track record ever. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah. We're they, talking like back in the days of Isaiah Thomas is when they gave a shit. <laughs> yeah. Like when I'm just trying to think of when the Knicks really like mattered. Um, I could say that series in 2014, that playoff series they had uh, right. with the, with the Pacers. That was an amazing Pacers team, but like they were still expected to go against the Heat. Yeah, they were, yeah, they the were heat, expected to contest. The heat LeBron. actually give a shit. That's the crazy part. And that that organization in general is like, all right, every year because they not only it's the money, it's the and it's so weird because there's so many distractions. But well, when, when you come, when your GDP is fifty percent of it's tied to just partying and being an asshole, you kind of have to win championships. Yeah, you have to. Um, and there is something like, you know, you have a guy like Jimmy Butler in that organization who, you know, didn't work in like Minnesota and you would think that's like a blue collar working class place. Kevin Love came out of there. Um, yeah. KG played there. You know, it's not like it's South Carolina native, by the way. Yeah. Um, Represent. Freaking, I'm just trying to think of who else, man. Um, you know, they had Stephon Marbury, but like there's. There's so many teams, like small market teams like that, that mm-hmm. like aren't going to like thrive. And I think that's due to the fact that it's not like a party city. It's not a nightlife. There's not like really celebratory about it. And I think, just I think not, that's what makes a successful it's organization. It's probably just not good for the NBA in general to have a small market team win a bunch of times because okay, it's see? hard to glow, grow maybe. Do you think that's possible? Because, like, when Milwaukee won, it's like half the world just did not give a fuck at all. Yeah, man. I think uh, well, this tall dude that's Greek, like, yeah, can't yeah, shoot three pointers at all. Yeah, fantastic. But, like, watching like Christmas, like that team, I really like when I saw their moves in the offseason, what they were trying to do, because Giannis was fully invested in this team, man. It's impressive. And, I respect that. And here's the thing. You know, they lost out on Bogdanovich. They try to get uh, Nemanja Biancia. They try to get um, just a bunch of shooters around him. And that didn't work. So they just, like, picked up Drew Holiday. And I thought that was great for them because they're much like a defensive-minded team. And I think that's what a lot of the East Coast is. If okay. you're not a defensive-minded team, because there's so much money out in, like, the West to get, like, real scores and shit like that. Like, People yo, watch like, that. People want to watch, like, Steph Curry drop, like, 45 on a game. They yeah. love it. They want to see yeah. Clay Thompson put down, like, 
I don't. He had one game where he shot like I think it was like twenty three pointers or something. Yeah, like yeah, like he like he like scored like what is it like in one quarter? Yeah, it's freaking insane. And then there's guys like I don't know Ben Simmons that are just like defensive monoliths, but like can't take a shot outside like ten. I love defense, dude. No matter what sport it is, I love it. But like defense won't get you the max. We've 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 learned that now through uh franchises like well, if you want I think the three Mac- points i think three pointers dominate the league that's changed Dude. it so much like they can keep moving the line further back it's not going to make a difference yeah when you're uh like defensive minded um and you're in the nba like marcus smart you're my height and you're like 210 215 maybe mm-hmm. uh you need a jump shot like there's guys like i watch uh if you're like a like really devoted in a basketball, you see guys like um, Lou Dort that like guarded James Harden like on yeah. OKC, um, who's you know you know he's built like a running back, but he can play defense, but he can't. Sh- There's just so many factors of like you can be a hustle player, but at the same time you need to build around that. You need five guys that are willing to do that as well, because it's very much a team. If you have to play like that, because you can you can give your ball to the best scorer and just watch. I've been around teams like that, man. Where yeah. it's I really wanted the Phoenix Suns to win. Ah, uh, that's the thing. CP uh, never had a championship. I don't uh, think he I wanted think, it enough. I though. think Deion. I think DeAndre. I think their their front court was short short staffed. I'll just say yeah, that. I, I agree with you. When you have guys like Aiton, um, that aren't terrible, but you when he gets in foul trouble, you're going to put in Frank Kaminsky. That is not. And there's no shot at him. It's the reason that because um, you have, like, a rookie that you drafted that's, like, supposed to be seven feet and agile. And he's playing, like, now. He's playing in the regular season, and he looks damn good. But there's people that aren't, like, you, here's the thing. You have to be ready to guard Giannis. Like, if you're if your front yeah. court's a weakness and there's a guy like Giannis, you need to be ready to – you need to have quick feet and you need to be explosive. Right. And – and God forbid you foul that man because that man's looking to go to the line and he's a better free throw shooter than Shaq was. So you need to be just more agile, explosive, and anticipate more. And at seven foot one and, you know, 200 and, you know, 35 or 40 pounds, you need to anticipate that. And a lot of people don't. And then they, you know, I, I don't, that's what I watched. That's what I saw. I saw, I saw DeAndre Ayn get beat and then people had to help. And then, like, you know, he just – all he had to do was kick it out. And that's the thing, being an unselfish big man at the right time. Because yeah. that's the thing. Ben Simmons, That's Ben Simmons all he could do was just be pass first. But the thing about Giannis is he's so athletically gifted, he can literally, like, do a spin move and just dunk. But he's right. so agile and quick to – Shaq wasn't doing Euro steps, man. Can I say something about the NBA? What? Whenever I see somebody that's, like, above six foot ten and they can shoot three pointers really good i'm just like fuck you i'm As terrified. a six foot person i'm just like fuck you no you're tall like you can't have it yeah. all i'm ter. i'm terrible i mean there was a guy i played in high school basketball with who's seven foot one he's he plays on the lakers now actually his name's jay huff Whoa. yeah and uh seven foot one jump shot um and what is he? Yeah, I remember I remember being in a dunk contest with a man. And this is like for a spirit week and stuff like that. I remember okay. the first dunk I did, 
some mailman off the baseline. Ah, everyone goes crazy. And then he does something lame. Like he dunks like a little bit behind the free, not behind in front of the free throw line. People love it, man. You gotta be, you gotta be on the free throw line or like at least that distance for that. It was, yeah, but it also, it doesn't matter. Anyways. Yeah. I, I dunk by my head. It goes well, but then Jay decides to step it up. He's like, Oh, I I can do that. He's like, yeah, obviously he goes literally underneath the rim, puts the ball on the ground, takes the ball, just jumps with all his power, dunks it behind his head and shatters the backboard. All right. I like the destruction of property. That's impressive. And yeah, and Ball's life was there, and Ball's life didn't get my dunks, obviously. Sure. Uh, but uh, that's that, I remember that moment. I was like, "Oh, this kid's like, there's th- this kid wants to be a threat, and that is what made me. That's what made him so great to play with because he was just so tenacious on D. Mm-hmm. And that's the thing, man, because like. If you want to play in those like professional areas, man, you can't be a liability on defense. Every every play matters if you want to play professionally. Like every Melo? play matters. Uh, Mel, do you think Melo actually cared about every play? No, no, dude. That's 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 what One got of the most him out of, selfish what, players of all time, dude. That's that's what got him out of the NBA, man. He's like one of the players I like the least. Are you a Knicks fan? No. Because you're talking about the Knicks. Okay. Because uh, I'm trying to learn about the NBA in real time right now. <laughs> okay. I know, like, uh, a, a, the stuff I know about, I'll say, but if, like, you were to ask me, like, a point yeah. blank question, I might have trouble. Yeah. No, from what I remember about Mello, I remember seeing him in, you know, like Denver in a little bit. Like, he was just like a great shooter. He had people around him. He just was such a defensive liability, man. Yeah. That's the thing. Like he would just get beat incredibly. And, and sometimes, you know, if you put like a stem footer on him, they just block his shot or they just like, cause he would body guys. That's a lot of the thing he would do. He'd also back him down. And then, you know, who is, I think, but to be honest, I thought I would take Paul Pierce over Carmelo Anthony. And as I'll tell you the most selfish player. No, as a better player. Oh, for sure. Yeah. He's a, and, He's kind of fat, but like really yeah. good. <laughs> he super super slow, but the reason being that he knew where to be on on the floor, like Melo, not afraid to take the shot. But I think there was more like tricks that he had in his sleeve, okay. if that makes any sense. There's more like a bag of tricks, like he can get through through a half spin or something like that. But he also knew like how to utilize his teammates, especially on offense, because you have guys like Rajon Rondo, who's an incredible passer. who has got like yeah, the hands that are the yeah. size of hands. You got guys like Kevin Garnett who can hit a turnaround in the high post. Like One of the Ray best Allen. power forwards of all time. You got Ray Allen, who's a three-point shooter. So that – I remember growing up watching those like early thousand Celtics teams, and – I I knew that Paul Pierce was the leader of that team only because he could score at will. If that makes sense, like yeah, he, he's the like, he's the guy you want to give the ball to. If you need forty five points, hand hand it off to him. Set a screen, roll down, keep moving. But like he 
can make something happen. If it's a pull up, if it's a quick layup, if it's, uh, you know, a, a Euro step down the lane, like there's something that he's not. And that's what a lot of it is. It's not being afraid of the moment. Also, he was uh, in this. And it's weird because like there's a lot of like out of shape players that are like incredible scores mm-hmm. uh, that are like the go to guys. But uh, I'll give you an example. There's one guy in Denver that seems to uh, uh, interest me. Uh, okay. I, I think, you know, him, Jokic. Okay. Uh, yeah. That rings a bell. And the reason being is he's like seven feet tall. He came into the league. He was like 300 pounds, maybe, maybe 280. Mm-hmm. And now he's like 230. Um, but he led like the league at assists as a center. Doesn't he have like a weird haircut, kind of like a yeah, like a serial killer haircut? Almost? Yeah, like he 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 looks like um, I don't know, man. He he looks like a uh, Serbian like henchman for like the mob. Um, yeah, he's like a blend of like um, odd job. No, not odd job. Fuck. What's like? Never mind. Go ahead. <laughs> but he's like uh, how I would describe his playing style. I would like it's like Vladi Divac that that can like like Vladi Divac on steroids, like something like that where he's going behind the back on like players and he's seven feet tall. He looks so, it looks so slow in real time and he's not like incredibly athletically gifted, but uh, there's something about watching like, like guys like Manu or like, I'm just trying to think like Paul Pierce, Kyle Anderson, guys that are super slow out of shape, but they, they pace themselves. They read a defense. Okay. And this is something from a very like coaching perspective of like, they're going to reach here. Like you could see them reach quick, go behind the back. It's about decision-making. So for like and, a player like that, it would be hard to use like the triangle, right? I would imagine. Yeah. Yeah. If you, if you had to do something, you would have to, especially for Jokic, who's a great passer in the high post or the low post. I think better. I think he's better in the low post to be honest. Because he's seven, he's seven feet tall and he's strong, so people are people are wanting to pack that. People are wanting to be like, oh, I got to put a hand up, you know, mm-hmm. something like that. So, well, especially when you have Murray, um, and you have a guy like Jamal Murray who can just go to the rim as quick as can be. Um, you have a guy who can set a pick for him, like Jokic, and then mm-hmm. usually, if Murray wants to shoot there's some there's like body language about it or if he wants to just go to the hole all Jokic has to do is just pop out to the three and which he can shoot like like that's the thing about like i i played a little bit in europe when i was uh in israel i was there for really okay yeah i didn't i didn't really you're actually good at basketball ah i uh i was to an extent i don't like to say that i was like amazing i never really got paid for it I scrimmaged against um, like uh, like basketball teams that were like under eighteen teams. Okay. Did uh, you the play pool, college? I I played on the JV on the club team technically. Okay. And and that was that was enough for me. And then I played intramural. My intramural team was undefeated, so that is that is pretty uh, a proud uh, medal. I think okay. I have somewhere. I still have the jersey. Uh, but anyways, point mm-hmm. of it being. Uh, there are kids, especially in Europe right now, that I've seen uh, that impressed me shooting at skill level wise. 
because mm-hmm. they they're very much knowledgeable of the game of like oh when i they reach or i i'm seven foot one i have to be able to shoot this jump shot and they still take it like you know what you're taking oh fuck you there's guys that can shoot because they've been doing that since they were 12 man yeah yeah like been ball doing handling that. at a young age makes yeah. so much difference yeah it's one thing to be like, oh, wait, we're going to teach you big man stuff, being a layup, being six foot three. Nah, man. That is you the funniest be- shit when they you see someone in college that's like seven feet tall and they're like, we're going to teach him how to do this. And it's like, well, okay, good luck with that. He's well, not like, going to be. Um, imagine pump faking or imagine pump faking someone and getting them off the ground at seven feet to be able to sell your shot that much. That's like to be like, oh, shit, you're a threat. <laughs> I like see Dirk. It. I've seen it all the time, dude. Yeah, I've like seen Dirk. it all the time. Like Dirk does it. Um, who else does it? KP used to do it when KP was in shape. Okay. Um, Christoph Porzingis would do it. But, you know, you're doing that at like 7 foot 3. That's the thing. To have that much coordination. Yeah. Um, I used to love watching Yao Ming as a little kid. And the reason was that he could – he had so much strength but it's because he could like go off the, the glass with it. There's like footwork wise. He's a very good rebounder, that right? That's the thing. Yeah. He, he had a guard Shaq and he gave Shaq problems. He played with Tracy McGrady, that team. That's a, that's a Houston team that should have won a, a finals or something, man. Sure. But, yeah. Uh, yeah. They were good. I'm, I'm just, I, I grew up at like loving or learning basketball so much that like, I should at least state for it, dude, uh, North Carolina. I just the thing about like you know college basketball is like I didn't realize how competitive it was, man. It's insane. like like when I was when I was in high school, man. Like I didn't realize how much I was in for, man. Like when we like when we played private school teams, when we played prep school teams, man. I was I was oh shit, I'm I'm done. You know what I mean? Like I I like what I mean by that is like. I have to be prepared for like a double team or like, I have to, I have to just be so quick thinking decision wise. Yeah. I have to be explosive. Cause like there were some lobs they were throwing to me and I was just not catching it. I, there's this pressure aspect of it where this feels like a therapy session, man, where it's okay. Um, how does that make a, you feel, Harrison? <laughs> it, it's very overwhelming, but at the same time, it's like a sta- that that is like a whole level of stage. That was my like Madison Square Garden at like 16, 17. You know what I mean? So for you, is probably you wanted to balance being happy playing the sport with like being good, I guess. Or not good, yeah. but you know what I mean? Like putting the effort. Like talented and putting the effort and having joy. But I didn't really know what it was to work hard at it because it was a lot of commitment. Was a lot of, I saw a lot of people how much it consumed their lives. Sure. And I wish I could do that with – it's a passion. I wish I could do that with comedy, but – Yeah, a lot started, of people want to do that. I just started too late. Like I'm married. I've been married for like seven or eight years now. I'm going on eight years. And – just bought a house like a year ago six months before i even started and i've kind of just relegated myself to doing a couple of mics a week and maybe do shows i don't know but it's if i could like relive my life i would have just started at 18 um dude you would you would have started 18 i started at 19 i started before i started before i met my uh significant other um and she uh, was you know 
you know, pretty supportive of it. But like when I, I got so jealous of other people getting spots before I was, even though I started earlier and I feel like it, it's not like a linear race. Sure. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like it's not supposed to. I don't begrudge anybody for getting ahead and doing good. They're putting in the work and that's awesome. And I I, try to be as supportive of other comedians as I can be. It's just, I'm mad with myself and my situation, you know? Yeah. It's heartbreaking. And on some level, I question whether life's even worth it at this point. Yeah. There's, there's a, there's a jealousy level you get, man. Um, But I, I, you know, I don't want to like, I have to remember, I love doing this. And like, eventually, like, I don't know, I'll have a headlining thing if, you know, I, not if, but I will have a headlining thing. If I mm-hmm. continue to keep uh, working, devoting myself, writing, that's what I think it comes down for me right now. Cause like, I, I think of funny shit all the time and I gotta be able to write that shit down. I try to like explain to my wife how doing comedy makes me feel and she like bring up other stuff. Like, what well, doesn't that make you happy? I'm like, no none of this other like being married to you seeing my family and doing comedy that is it everything else is just an obstacle to happiness <laughs> like literally everything yeah. i feel like that should be the title to this an obstacle to happiness because like that is something that like like you think a lot of things like social media is definitely an obstacle to happiness for me sure yeah and i feel like I, I feel like for me it's just I want to support other people on there, but I kind of just want to like generate an audience output content that people want. And then just, you know what I mean? Step back. Exactly. I completely understand where you're coming from. I think that's why you do this podcast. I think that's why you do um, this, uh, you know, the, the, like stand up entertainment. I think that's why you have an attention. You want to create something as an artist, anything, or there could be music or whatever. There's, that is incentivized to create because you want to show people, but you don't, there's a level of, Oh, do I want people to pay for this? There's always that ego of like, do I want to starve at this? Cause there's another thing of, Hey, look at this thing I did. But then there's this also right. uh, aspect of like, am I going to, you know, go broke doing this? And if I have to, then I guess that's the price to pay. It's so I, I, Comedy is so good. It can ruin your life and you still won't yeah. be upset with it. That's how good it is. Yeah. You you have to be like a martyr for this business, dude. Yeah. And That's for me now, like for me, the lie I have to tell myself every day is those couple laughs every week are enough. I mean, yeah. it isn't, but that is what I do it for. I'm not, I don't ever want to be rich or famous at all. I don't want to be famous at all, to be honest with you. I just want to be good. funny. I want to get funnier and that's it. Like, I feel like people know me or like enough not even enough people know like there's so many people in the world i haven't met if that makes sense you know what i mean like there's so like there's so many people you'll come into contact with and will like you and then you'll have to feel a good way about that because you'll feel bad about it sometimes like uh jola says this great joke when you say you know to tell if you're ugly you go to someone and you say hey you know we look alike right that's a good move. I like that. I might use that's that. A good, yeah, that's a good thing. To like, be like, hey, just be like, like, hey, we look kind of alike. Yeah. They'll fucking be like, you can see how they react. And then that's like, oh, that's that gives you a whole other perspective of that person and yourself to be like, damn, I guess I am unattractive, man. So but, who's your favorite um, type of comedy or comedian? That you're listening I to this, right now. I hate this question. I All right, here's a better one. Who's the who's the goat in the NBA? 
Who's the goat in the NBA? We could talk about no. I I can go back to comedy. I okay. can I could do it because I have I have a lot, man. I'm gonna be honest, and I want and you know if if you're posting this, I do want people to see this. Okay. Um, I I love guys like Dave Attell, Mitch Hedberg. Um, okay. This is so weird. I got started because I saw like dudes like Andrew Dice Clay like on Madison Square Garden. I remember seeing that. I remember seeing the, or listening to the day the laughter died. Okay. Which is basically him bombing, but he's getting like scattered. Like it, it feels like he's an open mic just working stuff out. <laughs> like, like there's things like he's fearless. Like, you, no, you know he's thought about before. It's fearless. Um, there's something that um you know is beautiful. Like, like there's there, all right. I value charisma. When I watch stand up, okay. Do you like how Gaffigan does that weird meta voice thing where he mocks himself a little bit? What do you think of that? Yeah, I know I, that's I think, controversial to some people. How funny it is. I think he. I think he's very. I think this is coming from a Jew. I think he's better than Seinfeld in terms of guy who's better at clean comedy, for sure. And oh yeah. About, oh yeah. Dude, the dude talks about food. I have like so Gaffigan's an inspiration to so much of my work. I'll say that. Okay. Um, but but uh, who else? Like Dave Attell, like I said. Uh, there's like the I'm just trying to think of who else that um I've listened to. Uh, a little bit Norman, just of like delivery and likability, because he's, he's very, very talented and he's a good joke writer. He's very, he's very, is likable guy. I think he's a likable guy, especially on podcasts and stuff like that. And I think that is something I've I didn't really care if people liked me or not. And that's right. the and and even though we like to think that as like oh I don't give a fuck, that's the worst thing to be, man, is to be like unliked and in entertainment. Like no one's gonna want to watch you if you don't. That's because true. you have to you have to care about these people's feelings. Yeah, you have to. You got to entertain that audience. Even if you, write, even, even even if you write a good joke, even if I write the fucking like hilarious joke or like say hilarious joke about like you know, bar mitzvahs about controlling the media. You know what I mean? Like just dumb shit like that. Yeah. But like, you know, because there's, you know, your brand of comedy is your it's your art. You know what I mean? But mm-hmm. you have to be able to like craft it towards another audience if you yeah. want to be like a i don't know a real professional quote gotcha. unquote. but like like that's what a real professional is and for the longest time i was not i was in the out outside of that and i've seen the people that were and they got ahead and they were like uh oh, you, you you took my job or you took my idea and i'm like oh, then shit but then i guess i have to rewrite and you know be myself and i guess yeah. i'm over influenced by you so I feel like there's this whole thing of like not being surrounded by other con- you have to you have to be you have to experience life in your own world as yourself. Okay. Uh you have to evaluate the um absurdity of the world of of our society. Sure. Um, yeah. And I think that's what makes for really good comedy. Yeah. Um and you know i've always uh fetishized the cancel culture-esque um uh, comedy world yeah. by that i mean like i you know everyone loved the idea of lenny bruce 
But as soon as some dude, as soon as some white comic says the N word on stage, everyone's running away. You used to be able to say that like 10 years ago. Yeah. And then like sets where people did it. Yeah, of course. Okay. Yeah. And now it's like the internet. This is what I hate about the internet. The internet has not democratized everything. It's kind of created um, a situation where like people try less hard and the stuff they try hard at is just ruining things for other people, I feel like, yeah. almost. Because it's like, it... stuff gets stolen a lot, and mm-hmm. some people just minimal value. Like, TikTokers that just mouth comedian stand-up, like, that drives me insane. Oh, I see that all the time. Like, fuck that, like, dude. Okay. Let's, let's, let's... So, like, what I'm getting from this or from, like, you know, oh, white comedians say the N-word or whatever, like, I don't, like, as long as you're funny, as long as you get them on your side, man, that's what it is, man. Cause like there's, there's times where I've like bombed talking about trans people. You know what I mean? There's times where I've, uh, I don't know. There's, there's a lot of lows you can have, but like, I think we really saw the end of it. I was talking about this with a buddy. When did, when did cancel culture really begin? Uh, and I thought it was with Kramer. Because some guy interrupted his set and he couldn't handle it. It's always existed. It just yeah, used if, to be corporatized, right-wing, mainstream things. Now it's like democratized to the point where it, you just if you respond the wrong way or the wrong person sees your content, it can kind of ruin you. You know what I mean? Yeah. Which it's it, scary, but it's also like, I don't know, I've kind of made my peace with that and I just don't care anymore. Well, I feel like you want to market to, I feel like it's just to market towards younger generations because they have money and it's generational wealth. That's why, that's what I think. Cause that's what entertainment money or most entertainment money will be is generational wealth. Um, and that is something that I've like participated or not participated, anticipated with my comedy, but it is something that like, I still want to write a good joke. I feel like there's something of like, oh, quote unquote, being a sellout. Uh, if I'm, I don't think I'm a sellout, bro. Like, I'm gonna be honest with my situation. I live with my girl. Like, I feel like I'm very transparent with people. Mm-hmm. But if I, um, I don't know. There's this whole value of like making it. What is the defining of making it? Is it getting a Netflix special? Is it not having to worry about making it to me, man, is having a roof over my head at this point. It's just getting spots at good nights if I fucking can get them. You know what? I'm tired of it's not that I'm tired of doing the open mic. It's just that like I don't, I don't like bucket mics. I feel like you should not ask time of me and let and I get that it does help keep an audience there that is a little bit larger and that makes sense to me. But as a person that just has such limited time outside of my own home, it just, it's very frustrating, you know? Yeah. I think so, man. I think it's, um, it's, I, I did that the other night at like a night. So I was like, damn, I hate doing this, but I, I've gotten lucky, dude. The two uh... times I've went to the open mic at good nights, I've gone on. It's just, uh, I feel like, I don't know, I guess this is the world telling me that I haven't earned my keep yet. And I don't know what I have to do to earn my keep, but I'll still just keep writing and working. Like if, if it's so bad, like I haven't had anyone come up to me and be like, yo, that joke's really bad. You know what I mean? Yeah. I feel like that doesn't happen very much. I'll usually, I, if it's happened to me, really, 
Yeah, I'm trying to think what joke it was. Um, uh, fuck, dude. Um, like bad as and not funny, or like just it will get uh, you in trouble? Not, not even they get me in trouble. Um, I'm just, I don't think it has happened to me, actually. You're right. Uh, oh, wait, I got my mic cut off one time talking about gay people to like a real church crowd. I was talking about, oh, really? like, I was talking about me being gay, and they were like, no, can't do that. I was doing like very hometown esque stuff about you know having a like what was it? I'm six foot five, I'm six nine in heels. Like I would like do like weird jokes like that. Okay. And like yeah. they, they were like getting like oh, is this guy like, a fairy or something? Like they're very it was very hyper masculine crowd. And it's and I was young in comedy. I didn't know what the fuck these like country people wanted. So like I had a that's the thing, man. A lot of these super like you know if you want to really get better if you really want to get good at comedy that's the thing man because a lot of people are like uh i know a lot of people and i don't want to call names or say names but like they couldn't bomb at a carpeted bar successfully in havelock north carolina uh with a confederate flag in the back of it you know what i mean like they they there's some people that are spineless that i've seen do comedy like that i could punch in the face but i won't because i'm a good person obviously i'm not a non-biased oddly specific there's people that i feel like that like wouldn't last a day in like small town people are saying people are saying like don't bring up don't bring up like trans people and like you know and a mechanic like you don't you don't not that it's a bad but like i'm not trying to proselytize people sure you know what i yeah. mean and as like an entertainer you can't you can't there's a, you, there's a fine line between like you just ranting and like venting how you feel about something yeah. and like this is a joke i'm trying to yeah. jokey joke this and i find myself a lot of times i'll waste a lot of energy writing and i'm doing that instead of like trying to find a joke in it you know what i mean yeah you can't it's difficult. It. It's very difficult to get in that mindset where you're like, no, this is we're in joke writing. Like, stop venting your like feelings. Like, meditate. I have, I have I have stuff I would never say to like a real hip leftist audience. Like, I know how to read rooms now. That's the thing. The best thing that anyone has ever told me in like real entertainment is like, learn to read a room. It's true. And it's in it the I've gift a, of the gift of reading a room is. I've done is a really, Korean church before. That's awesome. Yeah, it was fun. I wrote Korean jokes because, like, did you do jokes in Korean? I tried to, like, I tried writing it, and I was like, "There's no way I'm going to get through it because the joke was too long." Like, if it had been like a one-liner, I probably could have yeah. done it. Yeah, if you could do Korean one-liners, that'd be sick, dude. But uh, yeah, it was good. The audience laughed a lot more than I thought they should have, but it was good. I enjoyed it, and some of those jokes I just couldn't do in an audience like that's not korean it just doesn't work it's very weird mm. you have a lot of cultural experience man i think that will help you yeah well let's hope so just in I mean, life at the end of the day like i said i just want to be funny that's i'll go to like it, it's kind of sucks it's like when you play fantasy football and now you've ruined the sport for yourself like i'll go to like functions and stuff and i'll just be trying to make people laugh the whole time oh no that's a problem you shouldn't do that yeah it's terrible Anyways, man, um, I got to go. Um, okay. It's about dinner time, man. Um, Quick question. Who's the GOAT? Yeah. Who's the GOAT? Uh, in the of NBA? Basketball um, in the NBA. Right? Are you talking about like right now or of all time? All time. Um, oh, man. I want to say because I'm a, I'm a winner. You know, I believe in the value of winning. So okay. I'm going to say Bill Russell because he has 11 championships. That's a fair point. 
Yeah. I'm going to go with uh, Michael Jordan. Uh, yeah, I, I know everyone's always oh, so good. You know, he's got a shooting in that, and you know, he uh, remember the time there's a there's a come down bit about this. So I think you'll like this um, okay. that like Michael Jordan wouldn't take pictures with like black people. Right. Or like like another guy, like a rapper. or Char millionaire. Like Char millionaire. That's the guy who was Char millionaire. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Dude, I just, I don't know. If you're like a rapper and you're going to cry about Michael Jordan not getting pictures with you, it's like you're kind of a pussy. Like, you're a little, you're a little girl, dude. You're a little girl. Like, like that's like me going up to He Shane wants Dillon. me to feel bad for him. I do, but I'm also like, I respect you less. You know what I mean? You know what I mean? I don't know if that's it, but <laughs> like, like it's, it's like Jerry Seinfeld. When you see, dude, fame is so strong. Fame is. is like stronger than like PCP, dude. It, it's just, the it reason, ruins comedians sometimes, dude. I think it ruins comedians, especially because you can't be funny after that. It'd be like, oh, get away from me, you poor. But at the same time, he's going to like probably talk about it on a radio show. Like this loser tried to ask for a picture the other day. Like they'll probably say something like that. I like, think MJ think is very, very withdrawn. He like controls what comes out. Like if you've noticed, like he does very few um, things where he'll talk. So in that way, he's kind of smart because – you can get yourself into trouble, Michael Jordan. Michael Jordan, yeah. But uh, nah, I just I don't know. It's like whenever I hear somebody like crying about something like that, I'm like, okay. I mean, Michael's a dick, right? But like, get over yourself. You know what I mean? It's like he's the, he was. I'm a huge I'm like he's, like this is the response of a 12 year old crying that yeah. he met like <laughs> his favorite. Like you know what I mean? You get there, the guy's just like a jerk or whatever. Yeah, I'm so surprised I haven't like done that to any of my like i was afraid i was gonna do that to tim when i met him really uh nah dude he's like i went to a festival he asked me how my day was he's very very pleasant person i will say and that's because that's so surprising because you think he's a very intimidating mean person about to tear into you it's like no man how you what's up what did you do today he's like here to see the show your comic yeah you saw him at raleigh improv no i saw i dude i've seen him twice actually i miss raleigh improv i was so upset with uh the yeah, raleigh improv service is terrible I'm, i i want to say that on the record my friend had a burger i had a burger and it was both of them uh one drink because he had a drink uh okay two burgers and a drink 70 dollars whoa yeah 70 dollars man and uh he didn't he didn't get his burger what <laughs> <laughs> and let me tell you it wasn't even sold out the place like it wasn't packed i like, like the venue because it's small and they have big names that's what i yeah. like and you can yeah. get like a good seat like i saw russell yeah. peters there i'm like i can actually see russell peters like if you put me in a stadium i'm like no i'm not doing this yeah i think i want to go to uh new york city just to like get my name out there to be like hey i'm going on tour and it's like oh let me come with you let me do like you know 10 to 15 that would be uh, cool. but like that is something that is, ah, uh, you know, I, I, I just have my roots here and I'm fine with it. Mm -hmm. uh, but like, I want to see new faces. That's another thing. Like I see the same motherfuckers that don't like me, do like you, me. You do know. Atlanta a lot. Atlanta is like, I think that's I the spot to. to go to. I think it's I've, the best I've heard good things. scene in my opinion. I've heard good things about it. Uh, I've seen, what is it? Laughing Skull. Laughing Skull is a good venue. Laughing Skull is the venue I've heard that's really good. Um, I know uh, Jason Saramba, shout out him, and Tank Smith. And, oh, Mike's down there, too. Mike Horn. Reed All just moved there, too, right? Reed Pegram? I wasn't I wasn't close to Reed that much. Okay. I've met um, him a couple times. I've tried to do podcasts with him, but it's like we're not 
like we don't know each other well enough to have coordinated yeah. hopefully he hears this and then he feels no i'm just kidding like, oh shit you got harrison on i gotta be yeah no i i think i'm a person that is is talked down about but then people would like still be on like after this i know the one that sound like full of myself but like since i have a podcast i feel like you'll get more listeners not even listeners but like uh people would want to be on you know what i mean sure yeah and i just at the end of the day i want to do conversations and kind of just yeah either try material or just talk you know yeah don't try material that's my only advice in podcasting people can tell really they can okay. tell it sucks don't do it please what about riffing what about yeah, riffing? riffing is fine. I mean, like, I gotcha. Okay. I've I I've gotten people stumped on some of my jokes, like they went over their head, or like, ah, oh, I'm just trying to think of some good good ideas or good. Um, what is it? Um, like like someone was telling me what their parents did. Like my mom works for special needs kids in, in Detroit. My dad's a lawyer, is a public defender, and I was like. Oh, so you're a white savior. Like I would say something like that. And they're like, that's funny. Oh. I like, that. I get, like, I guess like something like I, something stupid, but like, it's something that can like, no, it's a joke, but like still push along the conversation. It's, it's tangential. It's not yeah. inserted into the thing. Yeah. You gotta, you, you gotcha. gotta like, you gotta riff on the subject. If you're riffing, you know gotcha. what I mean? Okay. Like that's the, that, that's what I like try to do at least with fucking, uh, you know, what makes a comedy podcast a comedy podcast? You can talk about something important, but then be like, oh, or like, you know, what I was talking about with Jewish culture. We're mm-hmm. like, oh, yeah, you have to read your Torah portion. Your rabbi does something. And then they give you a media company, you know, like something like that. That's like, you know, it's just. Uh, but I, I take my advice or not. I don't make money at this or, or anything. I feel like this is very much like uh, a true. lame TED talk at this point. But that is yeah, I do maybe. have a Patreon. But like okay. that is something that like generates the conversation more, I guess. Okay. That like, especially with other comics, you know. I think that's true. All yeah. right. Um, all right. Bill Russell is the goat, and uh, on goat. that note, uh, we'll end it here. I am gonna name it uh, "Obstacles to Happiness." That's what this episode is gonna be called. Real quick, uh, I just want to plug something, and yeah, I'm go, gonna go have it. a Google file out on it. Um, I'm check out Jew and on all platforms. You get podcasts uh, every other Wednesdays. Um, what else do I have? I have, oh, I have a show coming up on Tuesday. Um, when is this coming up? Uh, I'm going to upload it tonight. Hell yeah. Um, so I have a show on the 18th. Um, Where at? Tuesday at a uh, fainting Grove brewery. Okay. That's Fuquay, right? Fuquay, yep. I'm doing 15 okay. there. Nice. And then dude. I am all new 15. So please check it out. Um, okay. And what else am I doing? I'm also uh, doing a show February 11th. I'm doing a roast battle room uh, in Garner, North Carolina. Okay. Um, and more details will be released about that. But I will also have a Google file forms for comics in the next upcoming week so check what's that the, out what's February the google 11th. file for what is it what's the purpose oh, of to, get everyone, to get everyone signed up and everything this is just logistics i'm talking in my head i'm sorry okay, no that's good it's cool i just want to clarify that for the audience yeah of course man um thank you so much for having me on andrew I really absolutely it. it's always a good time welcome back anytime harrison thank you man have a All good right. one later